I don't know if this will work or not, but I, uh, I'm standing on the shores of the uh, the Lake Inuashiro in the Fukushima Prefecture, uh, in what's probably a, I don't know. There's all of these force something or other gales, but I don't know how they um, how they measure that, so I can't really guess. But the snow's coming at me in uh, at like almost horizontally. I'm uh, I'm standing here waiting for the sun to rise. It's it's pretty cold, um, but it's uh, you know it, it's it's not unbearable. So I'm uh, I'm standing here with my uh, my head facing away from the wind at the moment so I can try to record this um, I'm sure you can hear the waves beating the, uh, onto the shore um, there's some ducks that keep flying around now it's uh, we're, we're into we're just into civil twilight it's I think it's a, I'm not looking at my watch right now but I think it's about 6:30 a.m. Uh, get it actually the sun rises at uh, 5 to 7 at this time of year um, but I'm <laughs> I've just got down here. I'm a little bit early. Uh, you know, the, the thick cloud coverage has meant that, um, you know, basically, the you know, the, it's the sun's got no chance of uh, of lighting anything up at the moment. Obviously, it's not even on the horizon yet. But uh, the effects of the sun are not really here yet. It's a very sort of blue, cold world at the moment. Um, but I, uh, I just, I thought, you know, I've, I've probably got five or ten minutes to sit here and um, and wait <laughs> so I, uh, I figured that I'd uh, try and record a little bit of audio for you guys uh, so I, uh, I'm hoping, here's my plans, let's see how this, uh, see how this pans out um, I'm hoping that shortly, you know, there's, there's a beautiful snow coverage, it's been snowing all night it was, it was relatively warm yesterday, I think two degrees most of the time so um, that's two degrees Celsius and I haven't got a clue of what that is in Fahrenheit so we'll figure that out later um, but I uh, you know I was driving in the area yesterday uh, the roads were a little bit slippy but it was it was above freezing point um, but then last night it started snowing so luckily this morning it's totally whited out um, I actually I woke up at 5.50 to to come around and see if uh, you know to see if this was worth coming out and I I was thinking at the time that if it's a real blizzard then I'm probably going to stay in bed and come out um, for an hour after it's light um, there wasn't it look it was no snow falling when I, when I looked out of the window an hour ago <laughs> 15 minutes ago uh, so I uh, I got ready and came down and I, I walked out of the hotel doors and um, it's really sort of blowing a gale um, and it's just incredibly cold. Actually, I'm going to just turn around a moment just to make sure there's no bears walking along at me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, face full of snow. I'll turn back around so that my hood's facing the other way. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, what I'm hoping is is that I can get some nice winter scenes. I've shot here a few times. Uh, I think the, the the image Swans Awake that's on my uh, my website that's from here, but. You know, I like to return to the same spots to try to uh, try to improve on what I've got, and you, you know, you you never really work a, a location fully until you've until you've visited it a few times. Sometimes you get lucky and get great shots first off, and I think that was one. Um, but you know, try to improve on that. Um, hang on a moment. I'm gonna I'm holding my iPhone, recording this with one of my gloves off, and my my hands freezing. So I'll try and put my glove back on while I uh, while I talk. 
and not do a very good job about it because I'm a bloke and blokes don't do two things at once very well. Um, so, other glove back on. Uh, my gear hanging off my shoulder. I've, I've got the, the 600mm on my right shoulder, the 300mm f2.8 hanging over the left shoulder with the 1DS Mark III stuck on it. Um, they're taking a lot of full snow so I should probably just uh, wrap something around them in a moment uh, once I've finished this. Probably should have done that before I started recording this. Uh, so I don't know, you know, I can't think of anything else that I want to say. You know, the swans um, are roosting way over in the distance and you know I'm hoping to capture some of those that you know when they start to, to, to get up and spread their wings and fly over. The it's one of those touristy spots, uh, a pretty remote tourist touristy spot. Um, but it, you know, what happens is the, the they sell um, bird feed uh, near in the shop near the hotel, and so the tourists drive along, grab a, a two dollar bag of bird seed, and then come out to feed the uh, feed the ducks and and the swans cotton on to that. Um, so you know the, the swans will fly over in this direction, but to be honest, I think with the weather as it is, uh, the swans can, you know, the, the small birds can fly, the swans will have a little bit more difficulty, um, and so I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's actually got a lot brighter in the in the few minutes that I've been, uh, just spun around there again, <laughs> in the in the few minutes that I've been standing here, it's actually got a lot brighter, I can I can see that a lot more sort of detail, the blue's turning to white now. Um, but yeah, the, the swans come over here, and uh, you know, try to try to get some feed. So I, I'm hoping to get some of the some pictures of the swans flying over this way as well. Um, and if you know, if if they're flying through um, a, a snowstorm, it'll make for some nice, um, you know, dramatic shots. Hopefully, if I can actually do it. The problem here is that the uh, as you, if if I turn my lens towards where the swans come from. Um, you get, I get a front element full of snow and so you've literally got two or three shots before you have to uh, <coughs> excuse me before you have to turn back around and and get rid of the uh, you know get the the snow off the front element and so that you know that it slows you down um, I've never figured out a way of, of stopping that happen I, one thing that I do of course is you know these, these big long lenses have very deep hoods <coughs> Excuse me, and so I uh, I generally turn them away from the from the the snow, you know, from the the, the snow that's driving forward, at, you know, driving at me at a good angle, um, and so you know I I think that, that that's maybe one tip, <laughs> obvious, pretty obvious, but uh, you know keep the keep the camera facing away from the snow while you're waiting, and then just spin it around on the on the tripod when you when you're ready to shoot, but you've really got just a few moments. Uh, and that, that's about it. You know what? Now I'm starting to see some detail in these uh, in these trees behind me. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try a, a couple of shots. But actually, I'd, I'd need to change lenses, and I don't think that's possible right now. Uh, maybe I'll. Uh, I'll maybe try some shots. Uh, maybe stitch them together later. Uh, but there's some. There's some nice wintry scenes behind me as well. So. I'll wrap it up for now, and I'll uh, I'll see if this is worth using. I don't know if the wind sound will be will be too much or the waves. Um, and also, this is the first time I've tried recording on my iPhone as well, so I don't know if that'll work. But I'll uh, I'll wrap it up for now, and I'll uh, I'll see if we can use this in a podcast.
see you later. Bye bye. Welcome to episode 172 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. As you just heard, I was over at the Inawashiro Lake on the last day of 2008, uh, hoping to capture one or two more uh, good images before I said goodbye to the year. I believe that I did, as we saw two of the shots from this day in my best 10 shots of 2008 uh, in episode 170, and that was a few weeks ago. Uh, today we start a two-part series in which I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the trip as we, you know, we look at look at a few images uh, from the well, basically from from the the last day of the trip. I was on the road for three days and uh, you know, basically having a, a wander around the area. But the last day was the one where I uh, I really got the the shots that I was after. Uh, mainly due to the snow and uh, so we'll take a look at those and sort of mix in a few tips as we go along and uh, in the usual fashion. So just to, to recap, we were played in there by me standing on the shore of the lake in Awashiro in the Fukushima prefecture in northern Japan the wind was high, as you could probably tell, and the snow was driving at me almost horizontally. It was pretty much impossible to stand looking into the snow and record. So I, you know, basically, as I tried to say there, I was, uh, I'd turned my back to the snow and I got a, a big hood on on my uh, down jacket. So uh, that was really um, protecting me from the wind to a degree. Uh, but I, I'd, what I'd done is because I thought, I've never really tried this before and, and um, you know, as I said, with the iPhone, it was the first time I'd recorded with it. And uh, because of the high winds in that, I was trying to get the mic very close to the to my face. And so uh, there was a little bit of distortion there. Um, but, you know, hopefully you won't mind too much. Uh, I'll definitely bear it in mind that I can move the phone away from my mouth a little bit more uh, if I do that again, though. So it was 6.30 a.m. Uh, when I started that intro and um, it was still relatively dark uh, but getting gradually lighter as I spoke and I was into civil twilight uh, as I'd confirmed using Velaclock, a tool that I use on my iPhone uh, basically to find out where the, you know, where the various uh, twilights start uh, you know, we have astronomical, nautical and civil twilight and photographers, um, you know, generally if, if you're not, unless you're shooting the stars of course are going to be most interested really in sort of the, the civil twilight because that's when it starts to get light enough to to tell that it's getting light um, really and and also the light in that time is pretty beautiful so I uh, I like to know when that is uh, I'm sure I've never really looked into this I'm sure it depends totally on where you are on the earth um, you know how how far north or south you are uh, and away or away from the equator um, but you you know basically um, in Japan, we have about 30 minutes or so of civil twilight. And that, that means basically you've know, got a nice bit of light and it gives you time to sort of ease into the shooting, especially on dark days, uh, you know, overcast days like this. Uh, but I did want to just mention uh, Velaclock because there's been some changes in the, uh, the recent um, ver version that they've released that really just caps it off for me perfectly. Um, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna try not to go into too much detail Although I am excited about the application, uh, but uh, because I, I am thinking of doing like a, a my best top my top three uh, iPhone apps for photographers uh, at some point, 
Um, but you know, just because it's it's uh, really sort of all come together now, I wanted to mention it. Um, so basically, what's happened is now we have the ability now to um, select a different day in the past or the future. You know, until now it's been like today. It showed you the data for the moon, the phases of the moon, uh, when the sun or the moon rise and set, all of that. Um, and it and from a one of the first things that I wanted, I actually was working um, with the the people over at uh, Vela Design, I think they're called. Um, and they told me that they were going to add the um, the ability to sort of tell the azimuth, you know, where, where on the horizon the sun or the moon is going to rise and set. Uh, that came out a month or so, maybe a couple of months back. Um, and I'd also heard somewhere, I forget whether it was from them or, or from somewhere on the net, that they were working on the ability to be able to select the day. And if I had that, it was going to be perfect. That was everything I needed. And um, in the, the latest release, uh, version as i say that was released uh last week it's there it's like you you can now go in and select any day and so for me um at that point it was it's the uh photographer's app if you're uh at least if you're photographing photographing in the great outdoors then it's it's the, a must-have application for an iphone um and it also now has the ability to um detect well use the the iphone gps to give you information on that exact location on the earth. So, um, you know, and you can also use, there's like a home location and you can, you can, um, either set that to the, uh, you know, the, the GPS coordinates that you, that you have at the time, or you can, I believe you can type them in as well. So you could use this for, for trip planning if you knew the uh, locations, but don't, uh, if the, you know, if the name of the place is not actually in the list, um, <clears throat> excuse me. But then when, you know, when you're on the road, it's just ideal because it knows exactly where you are and you can sort of in the, in the hotel uh, on the night before you can tell exactly when you get into civil twilight set your alarm clock accordingly and just get out there and do it so i just wanted to give that a quick uh, plug while we're uh, you know getting started here because i, I was using Vela clock at this time and now that the all of that extra stuff's on there it's just it's the app for photographers um i'll put a link to the Vela clock site in the uh, in the show notes, but you can just search for Vela Clock, that's V-E-L-A Clock, in iTunes, uh, in the App Store, and you'll find it there. Um, I think at the moment, it's, uh, it's I think it's $3.95, it's 450 yen in Japan, uh, but I think it's $3.95 or 99, uh, and it's it's worth every penny, so, you know, go out and get that. Anyway, the, the sun was going to rise um, at about 6.55 if it was, you know, that would, well, at least would have hit the horizon uh, if I could have seen the, uh, the sky. But there was just heavy snow and, of course, heavy snow clouds uh, that were just cutting out all of the light. Um, and obviously, I think the sun would have actually have risen behind me. Um, I could have told that with Vela Clock, of course, but uh, it, was, it was not really what I was there for. I wasn't there to shoot a sunrise, but just very interested in when the sun's getting up because the light quality changes. And, uh, but there was you know, there's no point in standing here sort of waiting for the swans to fly because, like I said in the intro, you know, they, they tend to swim from their roost to, uh, to the front of this uh, hotel and things on the, on the beach of the lake where I was standing uh, when, it, when it's really bad weather. They do fly when it gets a little bit warmer, um, you know, once the sun started to started to affect the temperature a little bit, but at dawn, um, I've found that in in when it's really driving snow, 
um, like it was. They they don't they don't they sort of they hang around in their roost a little bit longer as well. Um, so I was just sort of hanging out, basically seeing what I could do, um, recording podcast uh, you know, little little clippets for the podcast. Uh, but um, clippets is that is that a clip and a and a snippet? I think I've just invented a word. Um, so anyway, uh, basically what I decided to do, um, I'd said in the end of the, or at some point in the intro there, that I was going to start to experiment with the lens that I'd got and, you know, that I'd got on the camera. And that was the 300mm f2.8 L lens. And we can see an example of some of the stuff that I started to capture in image number 2039. You can tell how low the light was uh, still because, you know, I, I shot this with an aperture of f5.6 and still I had to select a shutter speed of 1 30th of a second with an ISO of 800. Uh, in this wind, I was relying heavily on the tripod, you know, to keep things stable and the image, image stabilization as well, uh, to a degree. And, you know, because it was just really gusting across and, and I was shooting sort of at, at an angle, um, you know, it was coming side on to me at this, uh, when, at this angle. So it was really sort of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, stabilization needed there. Um, most of the shots though were sharp and um, as shot um, mostly in the moments, uh, what I was doing was, you know, waiting for those moments when the wind died down slightly and, uh, you know, there's no point, getting, you know, usually gusts in, in sort of bursts, so uh, trying to sort of get the, the slightly less gusty moments uh, to, to actually take the shots, it's not as though it's an action shot, uh, so I can choose my moment. And, uh, but, you know, basically the trusty tripod did a good job of, uh, of keeping everything stable. And I have, of course, included a uh, a man-made object in this uh, in this image with the jetty there that will be used in the summer to to board people into their little um, perspex swan-shaped paddling boats uh, that uh, you know people perspex they don't make those of perspex forget that what am I thinking of fiberglass that's the word um, so you know but right now uh, this this thing was really just the only. Um, purpose it was serving was to add a point of reference in my photo showing how the snow was sort of really driving almost horizontally across the screen uh, the scene that will be and uh, and how really cold this place was um, it was really uh, bitterly cold and you know nowhere near as cold as the, as it is in Hokkaido in the dawn shoots but with the temperature being um, slightly below freezing point um, without the wind I'm sure that you know there's uh, when you calculate in the wind chill it must have been probably around minus 10 or 15 degrees uh, I don't know how fast the wind was uh, so you know how many miles per hour or so or kilometers an hour the wind was so I, I can't really calculate the wind chill but um, it was cold you know it, it did feel pretty cold um, I think I've mentioned before you know in other podcasts but I, I also mentioned in this uh, in this little intro that you know, apart from the obvious things of keeping your hands cold and keeping yourself safe, uh, obviously that's clothing and gloves and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, the 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 wind does really just smack straight into your front front element as soon as you start, as soon as you point your lens directly at it. In the next image, um, which is image number two thousand and forty-five, uh, I was still sort of pretty much you know shooting with the wind coming at me from the side. Uh, so it wasn't a big issue um, at this point still. Uh, it, but just looking across, you know, what I was doing here was looking across the scene and, and just sort of finding things to, to crop um, out you know, with the with the 300mm lens. 
And this was shot um, at 7.22, almost half an hour after the last shot. The sun was now above the horizon, though, um, but, you know, just not lighting the scene directly. And probably, uh, you know, as I say, behind the mountains, uh, behind me anyway, uh, for maybe a few more minutes yet. Uh, but the sky was kind of becoming that big that big light box, uh, but it, it just wasn't very light. Um, and what I'd done, though, you know, because of the additional light that I was getting, I'd now reduced the ISO to 200, and I was shooting with a shutter speed of 1 50th of a second at f5. Uh, so, you know, there is more light available now, we can tell from, this, from the settings, but it was still relatively uh, bleak. This is um, one of my favourites from this series of shots that I just cropped out portions of the scene for. And, you know, I've uploaded a few more images, and I'll, I will include a link in the show notes that lists. There's 30 shots that I uploaded from this day. Um, that's a lot for one day. Um, so, you know, and, I, and that was after a lot of soul-searching to get rid of many of the ones that weren't, uh, you know, weren't quite up to it. Um, but basically I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to take a look at all of those um, and that includes the there's seven or so that we'll look at next week as well I like the the look of the 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 dark trees with the driving snow here and that sort of slightly soft background caused by the the relatively shallow depth of field and the fact that there's um, there's more snow back there really sort of helps uh, you know, the, 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 I'm talking about the, the driving snow because that's adding a little bit of softness to the to the image as we get further back into the into the into the you know the shot. Um, one thing to note here is that to, to bring out these blacks and they're not black black, but you know, to bring out these dark trees uh, from the snowstorm, I had to in, in, uh, you know grab the black slider there in Lightroom and uh, and move that to about 20. Um, the default is five, I believe. And I increased uh, the you know the contrast and the clarity some as well to bring out the the definition and the shape of the trees um, a little bit more. Uh, it was it was a much paler sort of low contrast shot because of the weather uh, than you know than we see here. Getting back to the snow on the front element though, um, really sidetracking myself a lot today. Uh, as the as the light levels rose, I really wanted to start to shoot the area of the scene in which the swans were roosting. And so I, I was going to have to start pointing my lens straight into the snow. And I find that, you know, the only way to shoot in these condition, conditions, as I mentioned in the intro, was to just shoot quickly and then wipe the lens. You've, you know, you've got a few shots. Um, at, you know, I think, you know, you can get away with a few droplets for a while unless they sort of place themselves over something, over something critical. Um, but if you, uh, you know, if you basically... Shoot, you know, point yourself towards the towards the snow. You'll it'll start to come on there. You can't always see it. You know, it's going to get pretty bad before you can see it. But then, um, then you've just got to turn your, you know, stop shooting. Get your lens turned. Flip it back around to shoot to face yourself, and just get a lens cloth out and wipe the front front element off. Um, if it's you know, if we're just talking rain or a little bit of snow that melts quickly, then you can sometimes just blow it off with a with a blower. But um, you know, with weather like this, where it's really driving at you, you just have to give it a good wipe. Um, and so, you know, that I guess that's that's just it. Make sure that that's a tip. <laughs> um, you know, just make sure that you, if you are shooting into the snow, it's there and it will affect the quality of the image to a degree. Uh, so just just be conscious that you have to keep flipping that lens back around to face you and wipe it off uh, pretty regularly. Um, I I always keep a a, a lens uh, cloth with me at all times 
Um, but on this day, uh, what, what I'd done is I'd, I'd actually, um, as I was leaving the room, I'd put my little pouch, I have a, a low pro pouch that I hook over my belt. I'd put that on top of my camera bag because I was going to leave the camera bag in, in the hotel room and just take what I thought I needed. And I forgot to put it on the belt. So I was really, really happy that I'd got a, you know, once I was out there and set up, there was no way I was going to go back in. Um, and so I was just really happy that I'd got one of those spuds uh, lens cleaners just hanging off the zipper of my uh, photographer's vest. And so I could just sort of, you know, pull that out, give it a bit of a wipe and then just stuff it back into the, the little bag that comes with the with the spuds. I'm doing a lot of product uh, plugging today. Uh, spuds, they're great. Um, they're also edible if you come from the UK. Uh, so uh, I, anyway, I, I was just basically using those, uh, that my, my spuds lens cleaner to wipe off the front of the lens because the rest of the stuff foolish, foolishly was in the, uh, in the hotel. Uh, the other problem, of course, uh, with, um, with being outside, and I, I mentioned this as well in the intro, that it's really not easy to change lenses uh, without at least risking getting some snow in the, in the camera. And that, of course, means water once it's in there. And that's not a good thing. Um, it probably would be worth taking the risk if you really had to. And you just have to be very careful. Turn yourself around um, and use yourself as a shield to, you know, to uh, stop the, the snow driving straight at you while you're doing it. Uh, but it's, you know, I think the thing was with me on this day is that I was hoping that the swans would fly across. Uh, the 600 millimeter can actually be too, very well, it is usually too um, much, too much telephoto really to, uh, to, to use to shoot a, a, a number of swans that are flying. Uh, it's great for picking one or two out on the wing, but as they get relatively close, the 300 is, uh, is pretty much uh, the lens for that sort of stuff. And so I, uh, I didn't really want to risk taking, you know, switching lenses, uh, taking the, even by well, putting the 600 on for this would, would have been pretty uh, futile, but even I'd got the 70 to 200 in my pocket but I didn't really want to risk changing it out because uh, I didn't want to miss some swans if they did fly over. So what I decided to do, and this is um, something that we've touched on before as well, um, and, I, and I did say this in the intro a little bit as well, but um, I'd, in fact, you know what, let's just get up the next image and we'll talk about it in that context. Uh, the image is 2047. I basically just sort of flipped the ta the camera up, um, you know, loosened the uh, the the ring that holds it to the tripod, um, turned it up uh, vertically into portrait mode, and shot a series of images moving across the scene at about you know shifting about half a frame at a time, and then stitched them together in Photoshop. This um, this was actually sixteen vertical images stitched together, uh, with lots of overlap there, of course. Um, and the resulting image is 16,248 pixels uh, long by, you know, wide, I guess, uh, by uh, 3,658 pixels high. Um, it's difficult to appreciate, obviously, uh, if you look at it on an iPhone and even in the web version. Um, it's, it's a pretty sort of long letter, letterbox type image. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's one cool image to look at in Photoshop CS4. And the reason being that CS4 now uses the computer's GPU or, or the, you know, the graphics, uh, graphics processing unit to render images on the screen. And that means that you can grab the image and basically just sort of throw it around. Um, you know, if you, whatever tool you have, if you hit the space bar to get the little hand 
or if you have the hand tool um, selected, just grab the image and move it around uh, like here. If you, with this shot, if you sort of zoom in so that you've got the image, the, the height of the image uh, filling the screen, and then move with the, the hand tool, you can just throw it across. And it actually, um, now with with the with using the, G, the GPU in CS4, it will um, scroll the image and keep it intact, not like before where it would move the image with like a little frame or something, and then it would be re-rendered after the image is let go. Now, uh, you know, you can basically just throw it around there and it just pans across the screen. You know, once you've let go, it's got a bit, a bit of momentum. Uh, so it just sort of scrolls across the screen horizontally and you can just flick across it and look at all of the, the wonderful detail in the image. And, you know, there's lots of swans in there just sort of waiting to be, to be looked at. And, I, you know, I just love playing around with this in CS4. Um, I haven't actually printed this out yet, even on 13 by uh, 19. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping that before too long I'll be able to print this out on a roll of on roll paper and, um, you know, really look at uh, the, you know, the, the big long panoramic print at, at sort of, you know, maybe five or six feet wide, something like that. Uh, that will be something else. Uh, it's actually, I mean, it's not a great shot. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of detail in there, but um, as far as the image goes, it's, you know, I like the effect that the snow has. You can see that it's a, a really bleak winter morning. There's lots to look in, look at in there, but, you know, overall, it's not a, it's not a, a world beater by any means, but, you know, just, I'm just excited by the detail in there that we can see, and, and I would like to see it sort of pretty big, and so, you know, that's, that's one thing that I'd like to try and do at some point. The, um, the, the huge Epson printer has been uh, pretty much on the, uh, the back burner for a while now because I'm, I'm just not moving. Um, I needed to move apartments to actually, you know, to, to get room to buy that um, and, you know, start making larger prints available. But I, uh, for now, um, I'm, you know, I'm staying put. I'm, I'm not able to move just yet. So uh, that's, that's got kind of on the back burner as well. So, you know, the, the biggest fun that I've had at looking at this one has been flicking it around the screen in CS4 using the GPU to, to render it real time. Uh, anyway, so this, uh, this last shot that we just looked at was, uh, that was made at uh, 7.30 a.m. And that was uh, shortly before I, I finished the dawn shoot. I was out there for about an hour, just over an hour. And then I went back in for breakfast. Um, but before I went back in, I recorded a few more minutes of audio. And so what I'm, what I'm going to do now um, is just play that again. And, uh, you know, I'll, we'll pick up the, the shoot after breakfast in the next episode. Um, but for now, there's, uh, you know, I'm going to play you out with that. And I think that it's, you know, it's probably going to feel a little bit weird to, to, to play that and then do some housekeeping. So, uh, you know, not a, lot, not a lot left. I've rambled a lot today as well. So let's, uh, let's forget the housekeeping section for this week. Uh, don't tune out yet, though. Uh, you know, just just hang around and listen to the last bit of the the recording. And uh, you know, really, the only thing to say if we're not going to do a housekeeping is, you have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye bye. Wow, <laughs> this was great. Um, I don't know. I again, I'm looking at my watch. I I imagine about an hour's passed since I last spoke. Um, I've been standing, walking along, you know this lake, Inoashiro Lake, um, and you know the it didn't get, the snow didn't let up, um, but I think that's added to the photos and uh, you know really uh, 
I I like sort of shooting in these conditions. I'm all hyped up. I'm I'm a little bit high at the moment, um, and still still uh, you know my my right hand with no glove on at the moment holding the iPhone is pretty uh, pretty cold. But it's you know it, it's not been that bad. I'm I'm wrapped up, prepared for this. Um, my 1DS, um, the the dial on top of the uh, you know the the one that you change the aperture with frozen up a few times. I, I'd sort of go. Um, you know, as I was trying to get from 100 to 125th of a second, it wouldn't go because of snow and ice on the on the dial. I think, uh, but if I if I rotated it the other way a little bit and did a full full circle, then it, it worked for, worked again. Um, apart from that, gears no problems. The swans aren't flying as I expected. They've they swam along. There was a few came along this way. Um, been really just concentrating on uh, trying to capture the harshness of the conditions in which these ducks um, are sleeping. And then I've been uh, doing some panoramas. Uh, I've got the 70 to 200 millimeter in my pocket, but the snow's coming at me that hard that I can't really change out the lenses. Um, so I, uh, I've been doing some panoramas with the 300 millimeter and just sort of hoping to stitch them together later. Beautiful winter scene in the distance, um, but you know, let's see how it works out. The, the snow may be so uh, so harsh that it makes the makes the pictures, um, you know, a little bit look a little bit soft, but. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't, I'm hoping that it actually works and you can see the snow sort of flying across the images. Uh, see how it works out, if I can stitch them together. If not, I'll probably try and uh, just salvage a few. There are a few, of the, a few of them that I've shot in the middle here that, are, that will probably be good as, as images on their own. Um, but I think we might have a few powerful panoramas here as well. So I'm going to take a few more of, the, of those panoramas and then I'm going to uh, head back and try and get rid of, uh, you know, try and get the snow off my gear, put it in the trunk of the car because I can't take it in the room or it'll all get, uh, um, what's the word, humidity, not humidity, yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember the word, condensation, that's it. Um, so yeah, I'll, if I took the, the gear into the room now, I'd get condensation on it so it'll sit in the trunk of the car until, I, uh, until I've had breakfast and then head off out. Uh, but great hour, uh, I, hope, I hope I've got some good show, photos to show you from this as well. Uh, catch you later. Bye bye. Photocastnetwork.com, your photography resource in the potosphere. Photocastnetwork.com